Welcome to another episode of Slide Between the Pages with your hosts, Beck and Amanda. This podcast is dedicated to our love of sexy, spicy, dark and gritty romance novels. Please be warned that our episodes are explicit and do contain spoilers. If you have any triggers, please check each book we recommend before you read them. Otherwise, hang on tight and enjoy the ride. Friends, welcome to another fantastic episode. I'm just putting it out there in advance. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure it's episode seven, uh, but we'll just go with that. I think it is. Um, but this week we are joined by Coralie June. Welcome. Hi. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> we are so excited. Like, And to preface this, we will say that we did reach out to Coralie um, a while ago and you were heavily pregnant, almost about to give birth. And despite that, yeah. you were still like, look, I don't think I could do the interview, but if you sent me some questions, I could answer them. <laughs> and we were like, dude, just <laughs> have a worry. baby. It's totally cool. <laughs> Yeah, so, oh, I remember you know. that. It was like four days before I yeah. do. And I was like, well, if you quickly can send some questions. We're like, you know no. what? Though? We could have had a podcast baby. We could have had a podcast baby. <laughs> yes. It would have been epic. It, really it would have been so epic. And look, I, I mean, don't think that that's happened before. <laughs> I don't think that's happened before. Like you've, you've got YouTubes, you've got probably TikTok videos, but yeah. I don't think there's been a podcast baby. So no. I would have been a world a first. So. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Amanda's trying to, was trying to get an engagement happening on with one of the authors. So she's teen. Yeah. Up. Emma Luna. Yeah. I told yeah. her to, you know, suggest it to her partner on that live, he could propose yeah. live on the podcast. So. Oh, proposal. Oh, that would have been awesome. <laughs> and we could just add a baby to that. Yeah, I know. It's perfect. It's perfect. So anyway, as you can see, totally dedicated to the cause, even four days pre-birth, like still trying to help out. Um, but, yes, you are very passionate about storytelling um, and the influence that it has on people, which it does play such a massive part in people's lives um I don't know if you you probably get people reach out to you all the time but you'll see it on social media people saying you know that they were in a really hard spot maybe they've just had a baby and they're feeling like all the pressure of that and then you know reading is kind of like their their point of escape Mm. um getting to live in these other worlds yeah I mean it's a good escape but also sometimes it's hard to admit things to yourself but then you can watch a character go through something and it it kind of helps you cope with your own traumas and it helps you kind of navigate how you feel about your own things because you're like experiencing it through this like safety bubble of a character in a book you know so Mm. I love that aspect of reading absolutely it's fantastic um But, yeah, so you like flawed and beautiful things. I mean, here we are, Beck and I. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Just saying. But, (laughs) Um, and you live in Dallas, in Texas. I do. I love Dallas. I technically live in a small town east of Dallas, but when I tell people Wiley, they're like, I, I have no clue what that is. So I just tell people Dallas and it it's easy. immediately increases my cool points when I say that. And then, yeah, I'm a fraud, I guess, but that's fine. <laughs> it's fine. That's totally cool. That's totally cool. Um, yes, Beck is a, a big fan of Dallas. Yeah, um, she's um, been there a number of times. I have, and I also follow the Dallas Stars. They're my hockey team, so um, you know, I'm, oh. I'm basically a Texan at this point as well. <laughs> <laughs> my husband and I are big Dallas Stars fans. We oh. go to the games all the time. <laughs> oh my god, oh, so jealous, Beck. Yes. So jealous. I've been to a few. I've been to a few Dallas Stars games when we've been there. It's, um, and then my son did a, did a, a public speaking thing at his school. He's only he's a, he was only like seven or eight at the time, and he's like, "Can I?" Because he's a whole nine now. Yeah, he's a whole nine. <laughs> yeah, he's not very old. He's <laughs> uh, like, "Can I do my speech?" Because I got to do it on a sports star. I'm like, "Why don't you do it on a hockey hockey person?" He's like, "Yeah, I'm going to do it on Jamie Ben." I'm like, "I love this for you and me." Yeah. Also, 
Yeah, I also yeah. like um the Red Rock Donut Shop. Like I know that's a bit far out of Dallas, but yeah, I like that. I loved it there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah, she is trying to claim she I think she is trying to claim Texan status and you just need Basically to Basically I am. Just you just need to stop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Um, and I did enjoy this part of your bio, which is that you do enjoy long walks through the ice cream aisle while listening to gangster rap music as well. In your are mini, we the same band. person? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love ice cream. I don't love exercise, but I will walk through the frozen section at a grocery store. Mm-hmm. That's like my exercise. And the second I drop my kids off from first school, like I am bumping my speakers out of that parking lot. You yeah. Know, that's the only Same. way I feel free anymore. Mm. So I have that's, to like, that's legit. Really just dive in with that. So Same. Ice cream is life for me. In fact, I left Amanda's house last night. I was like, look, I've got to go get a Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she did. Yeah, I did. And to the, she is obsessed with um, gangster rap as well. And just to be clear, like, and I'm pretty sure it might have been like maybe a second birthday, was it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was her son's second birthday. Maybe so, his first even. Yeah, it was, a, it was a very young birthday. And she put the speakers on to blast the happy birthday song and out came this gangster rap song with a lot of swearing in it while the whole family, her whole <laughs> And her husband's whole family were there. It was the best moment for me. I don't know if it was so good for you because I was like, your, your family was not, oh a, your Chris's family in particular. It was like the worst, I can't do anything with someone, but it was like the, the worst possible moment. Yeah, for it was like this, like the soul, it was like the swearing part of the song, like where they just go through like a diatribe of swear words oh, and it just like oh blasted out of the speakers. And I was, I was like, like oh, this is so good. <laughs> this is so oh my good. Gosh. So, is yeah, hilarious. you can live through her mortification there. <laughs> Yeah, I, I definitely feel the secondhand embarrassment right now. <laughs> right? Yeah. But, you know. Even when Amanda asked for my Spotify playlist, like, not so long ago, I was very concerned to give it to her. And I was like, that's a big step in our relationship. Like, we share a lot, but sharing my Spotify playlist, I don't know. I don't know. I said, you please, you cannot judge my choice. <laughs> and because this is the thing, like her Spotify playlist is like gangster rap. And then the next song is a love song. It's very confusing. You go on a real roller coaster of emotions she's while like, you're listening to it. She like likes ADHD. variety. She, she does. variety. Yeah. I can appreciate that. It's because like I really like music, but I don't like putting together playlists. So I just rely on hers because she has like 700 songs on her playlist and she actually updates it. It's amazing. And I don't I have do. to worry about it. I do. Well, now you're going to have to share them with me. <laughs> No pressure. No, but no now pressure. I have to see these playlists. <laughs> I love this for you, Beck. I love this. <laughs> so today we are going to talk about the Phase Mountain Pack um, series or trilogy. Um, yeah. We've already got two books out. So Phase of Hate is book one. Phase of Fate is book two. And then book three is still coming out in November. Is that when it's still due? Yes. Yes, I was hoping to get it done a little early, but these characters are kind of fighting me on it. So it's (laughs) going to be on time instead of early, but it's not late. No, it's still okay. (laughs) I think it's fine. It's fine. So today we are going to talk mostly about book one. um, And that will be a spoiler episode, spoiler alert, everybody, um, about book one phase of hate, which I did read as an advanced reader copy and oh my god so obsessed um I was trying to explain it to Beck because she doesn't read a lot of paranormal romance books um so she doesn't read like she pretty much only reads the ones that I make her read um (laughs) and so yeah she's kind of not like accustomed to the standard kind of shifter mate romance type trope look if it's like along the lines of Twilight, like I get it. But if it's, st- I think when I read first read one and it had nodding and stuff in it, I'm like, what on earth is happening? <laughs> <laughs> what was going on? Um, but yeah, 
And then I read one that had like phase and stuff and I was like over my head. Yeah. Which no, is weird because I what I mainly watch supernatural and paranormal things. Like I don't yeah, I don't know. I just find reading it difficult. But I will say I have been in a book slump for what, like two weeks, Amanda? Mm. I don't know. Like I just couldn't, I don't know. I I read some pretty dark stuff and it was just hard to like pick something up. But then when I started reading this, this literally pulled me out of my like book slump. I freaking loved it. I was like addicted oh, that's like the after the compliment. first chapter. I was like, it it really is a big compliment because not even just from the book slump thing to getting her into it, but often when we do you know, paranormal romances, um, you know, she'll read it and, you know, she'll like it, but, you know, she doesn't get invested the way that she does in other books. But this one, like I was literally just getting text messages the whole time. Like, oh my God, they're going to do this. Is that going to happen? Oh, I, I don't know about this. The last, like, I'm like, can you not contact me tonight? And then she, I said, I have things I need to read. This book. <laughs> I had my whole night planned. I was like, all right, so my husband's going to work. The kids are fine. Like, they can stay up late. It's all good. But I'm going to have a bath and I'm going to read in the bath. I'm going to do my cross trainer. I didn't end up doing that. I chose to have the Sunday instead. Um, <laughs> and then uh, you did. You rang me at about 7 o'clock and I answered the phone. Like, I didn't count that as I being was like, reading time yet. Why are you yet? calling me? And then her husband was in the background going, why are you calling her? She's reading. <laughs> I was like, so he gets it. You don't. Yeah. No, he, she was obsessed. I'm going to read some of her messages out um, oh God. <laughs> in a second. But what I was trying to explain to her was the difference between like a standard shifter romance and this book because I personally haven't read anything like this book yeah, in terms of the paranoid paranormal like romance like because generally speaking, like I was saying to her, you know, in a paranormal book you've got you know, they're shifters and they're looking for however it is that they find their mate. Like there's, there's usually differences with how they find their mate. Um, and then they find their mate. Um, so there's either a journey to find the mate or they find them straight away, but they get rejected. And then it's working through all of this sort of stuff, but never kind of this type of relationship where you've got a human involved and a shifter and they've got this connection, this guardian bond, but it's not really um, like there's, a positive part to it, but it's quite a negative overtone to the whole relationship because it kind of constricts them both in this relationship and they're kind of bound to each other. But then, you know, if the shifter finds a mate, they've still got this relationship, this overarching relationship and obligation to the human. And it's just like a different, yeah, play on it, which I found really interesting. Mm. So how did you come up with that concept? So... (laughs) that's always such an interesting question to me because sometimes I have no clue where ideas come (laughs) from in my head like I'll just be randomly thinking of something and I'm like hmm that's interesting Um, but when I came up with this idea I was actually binge reading a lot of paranormal shifter books I was like just like rapid fire going through them you know just reading a ton I just had my baby. So I was up all night with a crying baby, like with a Kindle in one hand and a bottle and him in the other. So, but every time I read one, they all just kind of felt the same. And I wanted, like, I craved a lot of tension in a story. And finally at the end, I was like, gosh, dang it. I'm going to have to write this because (laughs) I just, I wanted, um, like a forks forced proximity, enemies to lovers I wanted like this sense of duty with the paranormal aspect and I just was like craving this concept and then um the idea of prodigies came on for me because um in in the book their humans can become prodigies when they bond to a shifter so they like take this journey to the shifter lands and they like parade in front of all the shifters and if a bond sparks then they become a prodigy, which means like they're very, very skilled or knowledgeable in some faded things. So like the main character's sister was a violinist and a prodigy. So a very talented musician. But anyways, the idea for a prodigy came along. I was scrolling TikTok and I stumbled upon this child prodigy in, I think it was physics, who was like graduating high school 
at 11 years old and it just blew my mind. And so I was like, what if, you know, that kind of was a part of this where like these prodigies are fated and they have these shifter guardians that take care of them. So that's kind of where that came from. Yeah, I I really enjoy the concept because, yeah, so we've got Hallie. Hallie is the main character and she kind of, mm-hmm. the book starts out with her kind of, she's got two thoughts. Like on the one hand, she's quite disappointed because she has, um, you know, tried to like go up and be part of these ceremonies and it's she's never been found to be a prodigy so she just kind of feels like the mediocre child as such whereas her sister Mona was the was the prodigy the violinist and she has her um shifter guardian Jack and so um basically Hallie's kind of like on the fence because on the one side she's like I would love to have the relationship like with Jack because she does have a crush on him as well um you know and also like I would love to not be just not seen because basically all the attention is on her sister Mona but then at the same time she sees like the pressure that Mona is put under and Mona kind of like is tired like she doesn't want to keep doing this but it's like once they've found their bond it's like well that is that is your destiny now that's what you've got to do you're tied to this person and even though her and Jack have this beautiful bond and relationship um yeah they are kind of just stuck together you know and it's like I did love Jack's I was like Yeah. But it makes sense, right? Like the whole concept makes sense that they like there's obviously like some type of magic involved. So for me, it made sense that their skills would only be enhanced once this bond was formed as well. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, like it wasn't creating a new necessarily like a new skill, but it was enhancing something that they already had, like a gift that they already had, which I really like that concept. But then I was. And I did like the other, the idea that they weren't romantically involved, but they had like a soulmate mm-hmm. friendship, which I was like, oh. In fact, like it is frowned upon for them to be romantically yeah. involved. So even if they were to kind of, you know, that bond was to increase, it's kind of like, no, like the human shifter, it's like, no, they, that doesn't happen. Yeah. And yeah, I love the idea of platonic soulmates. That's all that's like one of my favorite things to write. <laughs> yes, it just makes I me do so love happy. That. So that was really fun to to write in this series as well. And Hallie's kind of like wants to be a prodigy, but at the same time, she's like, what would I be a prodigy for? Because I don't mm. really have any like yeah, you know, I'm pretty basic. I'm pretty basic <laughs> in her head anyway. So like, I don't yeah. have those skills. But so, everyone around her sees how amazing, like how great she is. She just has so much self-doubt because she feels she's like she's just always been in the shadow of her sister though. But that's part of her journey, you know, yeah, I know. Kind of that self-actualization and like seeing your own worth and not defining your worth based on someone else's success or greatness you know it's like standing firm in your own confidence yeah. of what you can do and throughout the first book you know she's really navigating this feeling of like not feeling good enough kind of sticking to the status quo of being the forgotten sister and you know her, her guardian comes into the picture and forces her to be like no stand in your power and I really I loved writing that so mm. I I loved the bond that she had with um Mona because like she never looked down on her she was always mm. like you like she was you know she never kind of was like I'm a prodigy and you're not a prodigy or anything like that she was always like her biggest cheerleader and then you got back invested when of course they're at a goodbye party for Mona and she gets violently murdered by Jax I mean when you say like that's the first chapter (laughs) yeah I know but that's what I mean like you drew her in from the first chapter because she was just like like, so first of all (laughs) I'm thinking to myself okay this is going to be heartbreaking because you know her sister's got this bond with Jax but 
clearly he's got a crush on Jax. Yeah, yeah. There's some type of connection because even he's very he's very caring toward her as well. Like, so you, mm-hmm. I'm thinking, oh, this this is going to be interesting. I don't want the sisters to like fight over the one guy. Anyway, that didn't matter after the. He didn't. Day. I didn't have, have to worry about, about that. that. I didn't have no, to worry about that of, at all. I kind so, of tricked you. <laughs> I don't, and then, what was the text? I I, don't, I think I called you. I sent you a snap after that point. I'm like, well, that was a horrific start let me see if it was a text I'm invested into this <laughs> immediately out of my book club at that point in time. I think we, that was when we were on the phone yeah, yeah. <laughs> she was like oh damn I'm invested she just got violently murdered I was like she got <laughs> fucked up she's like oh. yeah yeah, yeah, my editor, when she read that, she was like, oh, we're just diving right in now. Yeah, yeah. you know like, what? There's no just the tip here. No. You're just like really Go going slamming, it. slamming yeah. into the hill, I think is how it would be explained in a book. Like yeah. you were saying that. Yeah. Yeah. And um, very like graphically detailed. <laughs> <laughs> like, and I'm like, also, where were all the people? Like, why were they not helping? And then, anyway. I was too late at that point. And Jax was too far gone. There was no saving her. But just so sad. Like, she lost two, like, two people that really showed her her worth as well like she yeah. lost the two people so you it, you couldn't even you couldn't even be mad at jacks <laughs> i know like, oh. i know because the thing is that you you obviously know something is going on straight away because jacks like even just from that one short chapter you can just see how like loving and caring he is even mm. despite like the guardian bond which is meant to be like an overarching thing that they wouldn't be out of hurt their prodigy but just mm. their actually mannerisms to each other you're like he he mm. wouldn't just do that so there's no. obviously a reason yeah but anyway we jumped to chapter two and two and that's a year a year, a year down the track the anniversary of yeah death and hallie's just jumping off cliffs and she's <laughs> going for the adrenaline um and yeah that's when we meet theo <laughs> I love how you're like, she's just jumping off cliffs. She's just jumping off cliffs. And then the whole time I'm like, because they, you know, you're really emphasizing that her mom's like, she's a, she's a diver. She's a diver. I'm like, this surely can't be her skill. (laughs) What is she going to do with this? (laughs) She's a diver prodigy. (laughs) But the whole time I'm like, why is her mom so concentrated on the fact that she's a diving prodigy? (laughs) What benefit would this be? But anyway, um so Theo <laughs> jumps in to save her and they instantly bond. And this part is like so heartbreaking to me because Theo's oh, I just thought like, you were gonna say so hot because instantly he just is... I mean he's like, you know, obvious, that's obvious. But the yeah. part where he's just like, dude, get away from me. I'm gonna go feral, like I'm gonna kill you. And I'm and like instantly I was like hot. And actually, I said to Amanda, I think as well, I did say to you, I'm like, I mean. What does going feral mean? Yeah, what does going feral mean? (laughs) (laughs) She's taking it in a way sexual mean. Because when he bonds with her, he's like, the the way that it's explained is like, he just gets this feeling of like pleasure and his eyes roll back in his head. And instantly I'm like, oh, can't even please go feral. In the bedroom. In is what you wanted. <laughs> you How wanted do we know what reaction? <laughs> oh, my God. Y'all are cracking me up. Oh, wait till you, if she reads the text. <laughs> yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read them in a second because then we find, because ultimately Hallie is, like, obviously scarred. Um, she has some deep-seated trauma from the events with Mona, and she's basically just gone into, um, like, she just hates shifters. Like she hates them. She's, you know, which understandable given given the situation. Yeah. Um, so she ends up speaking to Alpha Hennessy and he basically comes to explain the situation that the guardian bonds are breaking. Um, it's being covered up. Um, and, you know, shifters are going feral, which. Not in a good way. Not the way that Beck would like to envision. <laughs> Um, and they're Not quite, they're quite excited because Hallie and Thea were the first fully kind of bonded pair in a year. Um, so they want to run tests on Hallie and try and save this 
prodigy guardian system. Now, I'm not sure where about you start these these text messages. Let me but, have a look. <laughs> um, so the first one, yes, I think this I think this would fit into this part. Okay. Yeah. So hear me out. I feel like the bonds are breaking because they haven't sealed the bond with a good old doggy style fuck fest. <laughs> That's what she said. And also, also, I'm not sure if you understand, Beck, they don't have to have sex doggy style just because they're wolf shifters. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, they can have it in all the positions. What do you mean? I was just, what do you mean? Because all of your messages are about <laughs> doggy style sex. And I'm like, they don't have to do it in that position. Just because they're wolf shifters. Why? See, this is why I don't. <laughs> anyway. Um, I'm even with her. Yeah, look, I feel like at this point I was a bit frustrated because I'm like, they've got it wrong. This will this will surely cure. <laughs> and she's I, like, sex will cure it all. I know. And I I'm just like, wrote back not, with some laughing faces. So she's like, at that point, I'm like, you're not her guardian, Theo. You're yeah. not. And she writes back, I'm right, aren't I? Like, how can you have this guardian bond without the fucking? Like, are the two prodigies just meant to be virgins their whole life because their guardian won't let them canoodle with the opposite sex? Yes. That was why I was like, this is so unfair. This is unfair on both of them. No one is getting lucky in this book. <laughs> well, the that. prodigies can still get married. They're just, yes. you know. Yeah, I know. But then but it's like, awkward at that but point, the isn't it? poor guardian was just like watching on, like growling and stuff. Like <laughs> and stuff. Growling and stuff. Um, all right. So I'll get back to the text in a second. Um because, yeah, Hallie decides, look, I'm going to go with them um, and try and, like, get this resolved. But she still has a deep-seated fear of shifters um, and, you know, a real anger with them. Then she just starts bonding with people all over the place, doesn't she? She's just like. Just one more. Just, I mean, <laughs> just one. But, I mean, technically, like, if you think about it, nobody's bonded for a full year and then, bam, she's just like, bam, bam. Yeah, so at this point I'm like, is she some, maybe she's like an alpha prodigy. Maybe that's what she is and she's meant to have a wolf army. That's what I thought at this point in time. Right, okay. Um, (laughs) That's a theory. She actually is about, they're trying to recreate the moment that she bonded with Theo and she's actually about to be attacked by a feral wolf. Mm. Um, and instead of being attacked and violently murdered, she ends up turning the feral wolf back she and cures the, cures the feralness and and bonds with her, Delilah. Hmm. Yeah. It was at this point I that I realised that feral wasn't really. Yeah, she yeah. realised it means they're stuck inside their shifted form and she's like, oh. Yeah. And then she's like, well, they've got to have the doggy style sex to get out of the feralness. <laughs> I don't know. Let me just make a note of this for the for book three. (laughs) (laughs) So we get back to the messages from Beck. Honestly, why is it taking them so long to get any doggy action? (laughs) You didn't write back to any of these messages, but I'm like, look, I can't even with you right now. I'm telling you. So this this is the second message. I'm telling you, this would all be solved with a good quick sesh. And then And then we get to Delilah. She's like, also, like, I'm not sure how I feel about Delilah. Like, it's inconvenient to me that she is bonded to Hallie. And then another message. Actually, I changed my mind. Delilah is hilarious. <laughs> so she really went on I quite a roller coaster <laughs> with did, uh, this, this situation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, look, to me at that point, right, like I had already committed myself to Theo. Mm-hmm. And then the fact she was bonding again, I'm like, this isn't going to work with my feelings. Yeah. Um, But then, you know, I soon came to realize that, you know, she can have a best friend. But I'm also like, which I love, I love a good best friend. And, but now I'm also a little bit worried. Like, you know, if this doggy session does happen, is Delilah going to just be like feeling all that pleasure as well? Like, that's what I kind of, yeah. Anyway, that's where I'm at. 
Um, yeah. Okay. So, um, like Theo is obviously very protective, um, of Hallie and he's kind of getting like these feelings that all these tests that they're running are maybe not in her best interest. So he takes her off to, to alpha camp, uh, mm. cause you know, he has been there to train to be an alpha. Um, and it's kind of like hidden behind a magical shield and um, they do have to sleep in the woods to strengthen their bond. I mean. I loved that. It was it, <laughs> it was good. Um, but, you know, Have they've you ran off. They left, they left Delilah behind, but she, she tracks them down and she's like, hey, guys. This is when I fell in love with her. I'm like, yep. Yeah. She's like, hey, just you checking in. You can say with a dead rabbit. I love that she turns up with a dead rabbit. Like, <laughs> hey, this is cozy. Um, but this was a big moment for Theo and Hallie too, because she's so fearful of his wolf, but she asks him to shift. And then because it's so cold. Yeah. And then he stays in the no, after she like so he shifts and then carries her away because she's dying. Um <laughs> Because, you know, being boiling hot in the snow is like. She's dying. <laughs> probably, probably not a good thing. Um, and then they're in the cabin, but then she asks him to shift and says, like, I, like, I just need to get try and get over this fear. And then she ends up snuggling up to him and then cuddling him all night. And then Delilah walks in and is like, well, this is cozy with her dead rabbit. And at this point, I was like, Delilah can stay. <laughs> she can stay She's because of the dead rabbit one of my favorite characters in this book is delilah because she's just very straightforward so oh, i do love her i did highlight like probably more quotes for delilah for delilah than anyone else like especially when she she tells him he's a bad dog <laughs> <laughs> like bad dog like, oh my god it's hilarious <laughs> Um, so they do learn a lot at the, at the alpha camp from the secret lost diaries of the first alpha, Mm. um, you know, the faded mate bond with the prodigy and their secret love child. And it Mm. just was like so much drama, Uh, a very long journal though. It was like a very long journal that poor Theo had to read and, (laughs) and Ian, alpha Ian's like, well, son, you need to read this journal to figure yourself out because your bond is fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> you need to get that shit sorted. You are like, not doing it right. <laughs> figure it out. The whole yeah, time, probably. Ian knows. Yeah, he was like, dude, you got to you got to do some soul search in here. I really like Alpha Ian because in my head he's like this new age hippie kind of dude. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like with mm-hmm. his long gray hair and yeah. he's just like Go sleep in the woods. Figure it out. <laughs> I talk to the trees. I, t- I talk to the trees. Like he's just kind of. Like, honestly, he reminds me of my uncle, and so like just this, you know, this like hippie that probably smokes a little too much pot, but that's okay. It's, it's fine. Fine. Actually, well, I think we we missed a couple things. So like the creepy. Oh, creepy heath like the president's mm. son i feel there's something with that necklace it's so that given creepy. her also mm. take it off i don't know why he's still wearing it it's i feel it's a bad omen um at this point in my time like so there's that and then obviously dr douglas who's performing all the tests because mm-hmm. he comes he comes back into it at the end yeah um so while they're there, a few things kind of happen. Um, we do have the hide and seek. We're going to call it hide and seek. Um, oh, yeah. But shift aversion, which I really loved. I thought that was hilarious. Um, and we do have Theo realising that Hallie is his fated mate. Oh, um, oh, they captured the flag and she was the flag. And then he Yeah, she's the flag. <laughs> and then she's he's the like, ha ha, yeah. good luck climbing up a tree and wolf form, loser. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's why I loved it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, yeah, he does realise that Hallie is his fated mate. 
she also is able to enter through the alpha barrier by her own, by herself, mm, which you're yeah. not meant to be able to do. She meant she had to go through with, um, with yeah. Theo last time. Yeah. Roderick, honestly. But you forgot the, all, the kiss. You forgot the kiss. The kiss? Yeah. No, but Broderick is like the one that like lets her leave. Oh um, right, she's yes. outside the barrier to go see the um the new feral to go wolf get that the feral bringing. wolf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, I love Anna. I'm here for Anna. I thought she was cool at first. I was like, mm, "Is this a trap?" But then also, it wasn't. So, you know, <laughs> thankfully, she let Anna <laughs> in. And um, yeah, I really like her, and she was so excited to get them into trouble. Like so excited she's like I'm so glad that I'm here on this journey um but then yeah unfortunately doesn't go so well with that new feral wolf and yeah Theo has to take him down yeah I mean look it's a bit of experimentation but unfortunately if it doesn't go right someone ends up being killed so also Broderick's like she can just touch him. Maybe she needs to touch him. Meanwhile, I could just envision this giant horse-like wolf just like thrashing around and snapping. I'm like, how is she meant to touch him? Like, where is she touching? <laughs> where is she touching him? Oh, <laughs> All right. What a loser. What a loser. But That's yeah, so he, funny. he did, he did let her leave. Thea wasn't happy. Poor Delilah. She's like just so miserable because her old alpha pack are there and they're the ones that banished her from because her prod- her prodigy died. I did feel really sorry for her about that because she was so heartbroken. She was so heartbroken. And then, but I love that when she was like, we can make this work and we can be best friends. And she goes, I'm so excited to paint nails and steal all your clothes. And I'm like, oh. So lovely. Oh, bestie. Bestie. <laughs> Everyone needs a bestie. 100%. 100%. I'm still trying to find mine, but. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Sorry, I had a, oh, had a shifter best friend. <laughs> yeah, you totally paint nails and share clothes. That sounds like your MO. <laughs> But then I did love when they were like Delilah knew straight away that there was more going on with Theo's bond. And then she just plants one on him and he's like, ew, you taste disgusting. I don't want to vomit. But meanwhile, like poor Hallie sees it and then she's like, oh. Also, like I'm actually questioning, you know, their ability as um, guardians at this point. I'm like, guys, you're doing a shit job. First you let Ian Alpha Ian creep up on you when you fight training. So he doesn't, he reprimands you for that. Then you don't hear that she's walking around this cabin while <laughs> I'm like, God, they've got a lot of work to do. A lot more journal reading, I think. <laughs> anyway, but then Hallie's not really like she, the whole time, Theo's like, well, I'm, you know, this is really inconvenient to me because I had my whole alpha journey planned out and now I have mm. to be your lame guardian. But then, you know, he's obviously warms up to her and has these feelings and everything and she's the same. But I'm finding it really interesting because I feel like it has been mentioned about her feeling them, but I don't think they quite understand how much she actually feels at this point mm. as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm, which I'm I'm actually really liking that. I'm like, oh, this is interesting. Excuse me. <laughs> yes, it is interesting. It is. Um, yeah, so Hallie's kind of like, oh, my God, great. They're going to have a relationship and I'm just this random prodigy. Um, <laughs> yeah, great. I'm the third wheel. Fantastic. I'm the, I'm third, the third wheel, wheel. again. Because remember, she was the third <laughs> yes. wheel with her sister and Jax too. Yeah. Like, totally. Totally. She's like, great. This then, is my destiny. Know, the third wheel. Sake. My destiny. The constant the third, third wheel, wheel prodigy. And <laughs> I, I feel like she kind of thinks like that as well with her in the in her relationship with her parents because she's like, well, I am, mm-hmm. you know, they and she says it like I, they think, I think they wish it had been me and not her yeah. um, that died. So I, I feel like she's just always that extra in everyone's relationships. Um, Oh. <laughs> um 
yeah, so we're coming up to the end of the book and um, it should be said that Beck thought she had read the whole of the book, but she hadn't read the most crucial part. Um, <laughs> I at thought the I end. had. I thought it was quite crucial. I was like, but then it was more crucial. Broderick <laughs> kidnaps Hallie and then he drops her off to the doctor and then they're going back and then there's a car accident. She... But at this point, though, yes. she starts telling the doctor some things yes. and then because oh, I'm like, this doctor's doing some bad shit. And I still, now I'm a bit on the fence. Is this doctor doing bad shit? Like, because he immediately stops her when she says there's a, we're just going to call it a parasite. And it's to, we think there's people creating more shifters. And he's like, don't tell me, I can't know if they, if I know, then I'll, they'll force me to yeah, to do this and create wolves for the military and stuff. And at this point I'm like, is he being truthful or is this a scam? Um, Dr. Douglas. Dr. Douglas. We get to the giant mm. revelation at the end, right? We've we've had a car accident. Hallie's been badly injured. Um, and then we and then we jump to her dad's point of view. Mm. And we find out because also they're running on this theory, like, okay. Um, you know, they're talking about the Lunar Springs and yeah. how, how you know, who who would have it, who released this curse. It had to be somebody that was at the party. Like that's when everything started at the party for Mona's um, farewell. Um, and so they're trying to work out who it could be. Then jump to daddy and he's all like, oh, yeah, by the way, <laughs> I'm the keeper of the, of the curse um, and basically just being forced to endure these horrible whispers in my mind for my whole life being the firstborn um and I mean that's where Beck thought it finished but uh, mm. ultimately not. did not no um because we're at the hospital Hallie's pretty much dying the mum's like I can't do this anymore we need you know this can't happen to me again and then her dad's like oh here I have the springs have a little drinky See if this fixes you. And <laughs> he feeds her the curse. So the last of the Lunar Springs, done. It's inside Hallie. What's going to happen? We don't know. You now have to read she book is two. the curse, yeah. It's interesting, though, because the whole, from the start, there's digs to, from the mum to the dad about how he wasn't anything, though, and it, like, whatever this prodigy thing skipped his generation or whatever, but. Clearly, clearly not. He's been keeping secrets. Mm. And it wasn't the best thing. Like he didn't really get the best handout, did he? I mean, he got a curse no, and a whole heap of whispered like horrible things in his definitely head. Definitely more there. I guess I'll have to find out when I continue my reading journey. You will. Uh, everybody else will too if they haven't read book two. <laughs> but let me just say, book two is amazing, and uh, you'll be just as obsessed. So I assume I'll probably get a, you know, whole barrage of messages from you you might be a little disappointed because there is no doggy style so the third book is darn it <laughs> so Coralie's like okay I'm gonna have to put some doggy style scenes in book three um <laughs> this is really gonna have here's, to happen here's the deal it's really funny because so Megan Brandy read this messaged me and she's like look dude when are they gonna fuck and I was like oh gosh I'm so sorry and I told her and then I also posted in my group I was like look y'all I wrote I started writing this after having a baby and so if I'm not gonna have any sex my characters are not gonna have any sex either like this is (laughs) gonna have to be a slow burn I love a slow burn it's my favoriteest thing in the world Mm-hmm. yeah you know and a lot of people do not like slow burns and I think I I set expectations poorly because you know like a lot of my other books I mean I've written Malice where like chapter yeah. three he's like come on you know like there's <laughs> a lot of different like in most of my books it's like wham bam let's go do this thing you know and in this book I'm like mm, book three yeah you know and so it is kind of funny, but I was like, look, I'm not in the mood to write that this time. <laughs> so I wanted, I wanted like, you know, like. They're going to be sexually pent up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
it yeah. makes sense it makes complete sense I love a slow burn though I don't know I don't know why like I feel like because I feel like every little interaction leading up to that like their kiss in the first book is intense and it's just a kiss but she's mm-hmm. grinding all up on his leg and stuff <laughs> point, I'm like is she half werewolf the way that she's just rubbing herself all over him but anyway and I feel like you should do some TikToks where you like explain scenes from books and she's like grinding all up on his leg and stuff and she's like a like she's kind of part werewolf the way she's grinding all over him and then they have the doggy style sex (laughs) 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 yeah Um, but like i think that adds to it though like Uh, absolutely it's like a long form of edging I love slow burn. Like, I love the tension. I love the yeah. buildup. I love, like, the will they, won't they. Is this the time? You know what I mean? I love it. But it's not usually what I write. Usually I'm yes. like, let's go. And so it's very different to do this. It's, like, challenging in a new way because, like, I have to draw out, like, these super intimate moments that, you know, are just... I have to make them that much more precious because I know that they're not getting it on for <laughs> a good while, you know? So, yeah. So what are you working on the moment? You're working on um, phase of mate. Yes. The yep. final book in the trilogy. I, <laughs> I had to delete like four chapters because I didn't like how it was. And so <sighs> That was rough, but I am loving how it is now. And I really feel confident in how I'm ending it. So I should have it ready for the editor in like a week, which is kind of wild, but we'll see how that goes. But yeah, I'm working on Face of Mate and I'm simultaneously writing my next trilogy, which is No Such King. So I'm really excited. Oh yes, I've seen the promotion for that. That looks very exciting. I can't wait. It's a lot of fun. Absolutely. It's kind of like stolen my attention lately. <laughs> <So> <laughs> it, but it's all good. Do you have a favorite book trope? A favorite book trope. <clears throat> oh gosh. You know, I love some enemies to lovers. I feel like that's just this evergreen that always makes me really happy like I just love when they're just fighting and then finally given I just it's really enjoyable to me it's probably my favorite yeah we're here for that we're here (laughs) for it Mm. who doesn't love good hate sex too it's just like Mm -hmm. amazing it's amazing it's my favorite trope too um what is something that no one knows about you Oh gosh. Oh, like the initial thing that literally just crossed my mind is something that almost everyone in my hometown knows about, but no one in book world. (laughs) Is that like a weird thing to share? No, I'm Um, like here for it. The first thing that pops into your mind, I'm here for it. Okay. 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 Um, when I was in high school, I was on a dance squad and I live in Texas. So, you know, Texas football is King here and our team went to the state championships. It was televised. Everyone in our hometown was watching it. Everyone in the state of Texas was watching it and they were filming the halftime show. And I was on the dance team and I went out onto the field And the girl behind me tripped and she went to grab me to stop her fall. And she grabbed my skirt (laughs) and yanked it down. And I flashed (laughs) a stadium of thousands of people and it was on, it was on TV. And I don't know why that's what flashed, but that's, that's something that I mean, a lot of people know about, but not book world. Like, I really kept that shame separate until this moment. So I don't know why that's. Oh, I'm so happy you shared that. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for trusting us enough to share that. But oh my God, that is literally like a book scene, like right there. You know what's really fun? My friend Laura, she tells me that 
my life is like a romantic comedy because these things happen to me daily and I just I don't know what it is I just attract really embarrassing strange moments I was just gonna say it's definitely like a rom-com for sure yeah my god it's seriously like an scene that you would expect in like a YA romance I was like, like telling getting... that story made my chest tightened literally our, my entire hometown. Oh my God. Oh. I know. I literally felt like your third hand embarrassment there. But I'm like, hello. <laughs> How about that girl? Like just fall down gracefully. Just fall yeah, down no. gracefully. Don't take someone else with you. She felt so bad, but I mean, she just like, she reached for the hips. She reached <laughs> for the hips, but. I mean, she got the out. hips. And also the she, clothes attached to them. She didn't let yeah. go. She didn't let go. Oh my gosh. I, it was, yeah. Anyways, I don't know why that was the first thing. <laughs> oh my God. Was. I like, I'm so thankful we asked that question. That was, that was amazing. Oh. <laughs> Avoided my high school reunion just because of that. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Anyways, next question. No. <laughs> If you were a chair, what type of chair would you be and what celebrity would you want to sit in you? <laughs> I would be a pink velvet wingback chair with a matching footstool and rhinestone accents. Oh, my God. Immediately, yes. I you know, love like a, that you had that like so ready as well. Like a vintage eclectic yeah. mix. And the celebrity to sit in my sit in me, um, I don't know why I just took a practical ap- approach because I was about to be like Jason Momoa, but I'm like I don't want him to break me, and I feel <laughs> like he would. You don't want to ruin the chair. Me. You know what I mean? It's an fabulous like, chair. We are not going to have him sitting. Yeah, up. like that's a fabulous chair. I don't. That's a big man. I don't want him to like. <laughs> we don't want him to ruin it fair enough we don't want him to ruin it but I mean like if it was an invincible chair that like with some very sturdy wood Mm. yeah then Jason Momoa yeah yeah Yeah. fair enough yeah (laughs) yeah I get that that's very practical I love it (laughs) but I just love how like you're like so I would be and it's like (laughs) fully, fully like had it like so coordinated like, I, I'm gonna I have just a hit me and I was like um, it's gonna be velvet it's gonna have rhinestones I love it I love that a footstool he can, yeah he, he can rhinestone really, accents yeah yeah Jason Will can really relax in that yeah mm. all over you yeah all over <laughs> you yeah exactly okay um ice cream or cake but I feel you answered this before ice cream ice cream yeah <laughs> I mean I'm lactose intolerant but like same great risk comes yeah. great reward it's worth sometime. it absolutely it's but look you know I wasn't feeling the best after I ate that Sunday last night but it was, it was good, good at the time yeah mm. so happy ever after or happy for now um I like to read happy ever after and I love to sometimes write happy for now like I lean towards a happy for now thing sometimes. I'm sorry that I'm like that. I've been reading a lot of um subjective happy ever afters at the moment mm. and oh, I just love it. I don't know why. It just makes me wonder. I love thinking. writing it because I'm like, I don't wanna yeah. I don't wanna be like the epilogue where she, they're like married and she's pregnant. Like so I don't always it feels, I love to read it, but when I write it, I feel like sometimes I come across as cliche. And so yeah. I'm like, I, I just don't like writing it sometimes. Yeah. Okay. Enemies to lovers or friends to lovers, but I think we. Enemies. Enemies to lovers. Okay. Would you rather only be allowed to read new releases or only be allowed to read classics? Hmm releases yeah i'm here for that too would you rather live in your favorite book but the main character hates you or your favorite book character is real but they're actually super annoying if they hate me could we have hate sex i guess so mm-hmm. I, I feel that's that one 
yes yeah 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 there's a loophole there for sure Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think we should ask some of the other would yes, you rather's men. You, that's, I'm leaving that to you because mm. you picked those. Yeah. And just because you were sneezing, um, would you rather sneeze every time you orgasm or orgasm every time you sneeze? Orgasm every time I sneeze. It would be a very, <laughs> I have allergies. I'm all for making my life, like my quality of life, pleasurable better. while you have them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Like, oh watch out God. spring season like seasonal allergies you know? <laughs> <laughs> okay would you rather never use sex toys again or never use a microphone a microwave again oh, oh, that's yeah, a tough one yeah tough one um never use a microwave mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah that was our answer as well <laughs> we're like we'll find another way we'll find another I way got a, you know what i got a new electric kettle so oh, yeah. like i don't have to heat up my water in the microwave anymore and that's 90 percent of what i used it for so <laughs> it still blows our mind every it time just blows my mind <laughs> we <laughs> have <laughs> never no, heated out our water i got a, a kettle i got a kettle because yeah. i i'm a tea drinker and I was telling B Page this, and she was like, "Don't talk to me until you get a kettle, a proper kettle." Yeah. And then I'm going to walk you through how to make tea, because apparently, putting milk in first was oh, like, "Can you stop?" To her too, and yeah. she was like, "No." Why are so you I making it that way? <laughs> and so, anyways. I have a proper kettle now. I'm so, so proud of you. Like, that is yes. amazing. That is amazing. <laughs> I think that whole TikTok phenomenon where people like were like in America were like, what's a kettle type of thing? And like we we, we make our tea and our coffee in the microwave and we were like, what? <laughs> what is going on right now? <laughs> it was like the British and the Australians were just like... <laughs> yeah i know it's, well, it's quick and less. easy i mean you just throw it in and a minute later and you got boiling water it doesn't get as hot though as a kettle i mean it can yeah do okay. i i like here's the deal if i'm going for convenience a microwave works if i want uh-huh. the experience and the aesthetic so like i can feel super cool then I use my kettle does it taste the same is what I'm wondering I'm thinking it doesn't it does taste the same okay now you have to do it you have to go microwave some water (laughs) you have to okay fine I'll do it straight after this immediately do it and let me (laughs) know you were so like so exact same it's it's just boiled water okay (laughs) the whole milk in first though I didn't know there was an order. Like I had no <laughs> clue there was an order to things until yeah. I told her. She was like, in detail, I need you to let me know how you make tea. And I was like, okay, I do this, this, this. And she goes, stop right yeah. now. <laughs> so, I'm not listening any further. <laughs> I yeah, refuse. Like, I can't. <laughs> it's sacrilegious. Stop. stop. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I will do it straight after this and I'll report back on uh, what that TikTok. tastes like. I will put it on TikTok as well, my mm. my journey. Mm. Yeah, I think you should. Yeah. 100%. Like one win. of those ones where they're like, you know, they do little snippets and they're like, Shh, and then yeah. you see it go in the microwave. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. ASMR Look, one. it just takes two minutes. You just pop it in. You got boiling water. Very cool. Okay. Okay. I'll try it. <laughs> You look I'll like even you put my milk me. in first. How about that? Oh no, don't damn. because I've tried both ways now, and I I understand now why the milk, the milk. In first is a problem. Now yeah. that I've like tried both, so don't do that. Isn't don't that like- interesting though? Isn't that interesting? How just changing the milk? <laughs> it is interesting. Such a difference. It mm. really does make a big difference though. Like it, yeah. I was like, oh wow, this does taste a lot better. Like it, it was very. It's interesting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. I'll do it straight after this. Excited to see your outcome. <laughs> um. Um, would you rather have sex on a pile of popcorn or on a pile of Skittles? Oh. Mm. 
taste the rainbow. Let's just, That's let's what I said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like it would be good, like energy sustenance while you were going as well. Like you could just grab a handful. Well, I feel like, yeah, I feel like that would just be better. Mm. I'd rather have Skittles in weird places than popcorn kernels. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I feel like that would actually be quite sharp. Yeah, the right? Popcorn. Yeah, like mm. the, the inside bit, like mm-hmm. not quite, yeah, the corn bit. Mm. I'm thinking strategically here. Yeah. yeah. It's um, important. And we'll go with one more, one more. Would you rather relive your first time having sex or your first time kissing? yeah horrendous first time kissing oh oh god i've put that memory family (laughs) (laughs) yeah well you know honestly neither sound that appealing no but if i had to yeah that one i suppose (laughs) yeah no I know. You it's... know how you were telling your story about the dancing? I would like that would be me for the kissing. I was like, so much. No. <laughs> like, Do you have like it. a visceral reaction where you're just like, Mm-mm, I can't? I literally had a, when we were doing it on last week's or this week's episode, and I had to relive it. And I was just like, immediately, <laughs> this is causing a lot of feelings I had locked away. <laughs> <laughs> and also i feel sorry for the people that had to witness whatever that display was but um mm. <laughs> anyway she did it at a disco did it at a school at disco. A disco fucking horrendous <laughs> all the people were there oh yeah, we don't have to audience. we don't yeah why are we doing, let's all right, all right. <laughs> it wasn't a, yeah it wasn't on tv or anything <laughs> like it was still you know in they didn't school, see too bad they didn't see your um your spanks um, no. I was wearing Spanx, like the thong <laughs> style Spanx. Hey, at least it wasn't like bare all though. This is true. That this could have been true. that could have been next level worse. Like, I think, but it's like the, the like it's that high school, right? Like it's yeah, just so much uh, more. Everything amplified. is embarrassing there. Yeah, yeah. Where I feel like I, I mean, if it had have happened yeah. to me now, would have been like whatever, give a shit. But like, yeah, I know. But in high yeah, school, it's like, like I've had three children. More people have seen my bits than yeah, exactly than ever. Yeah. And so at this point, I'm like, okay, enjoy What's the show. Person, yeah. yeah. But at the time, I was like, everyone saw. This is you the know? most like, embarrassing was, moment of my life. I was, and it was so the the game was like five hours away. We took these chartered buses to get there and everything. So the whole bus ride home, I'm like in the back of the bus crying like do you think they were watching and like all my friends were trying to console me and you'd like I heard the laughter but they're like no I don't think anyone no saw one. like nobody saw it at all better. I was like they were laughing at something else you know <laughs> they were laughing at her falling not you being exposed to the world yeah <laughs> and just, can I just ask a question did you do the dance performance after that uh yeah the music was playing this was during like did you pull your skirt up yeah I pulled it up and then I was a boss such a professional such a professional if I tripped or something about like you know what I mean like if my pants or skirts down yeah I just tripped no you didn't you just nailed it I yanked that thing up faster than anything I've ever done in my life and I jumped (laughs) right back in but oh like a true professional so professional true professional mm. exactly. that's what you should be focusing on that's mm. what you should be focusing on that shit right there you just got the job done exactly you could have ran off with your pants around your ankles or your skirt around your ankle, but you didn't no. well thanks thanks for joining us and thanks for sharing your most mortifying moment um <laughs> yeah, I- Again, I don't even think it qualified for the question. That was just like this weird thing that I, for some reason. I think what you needed was to purge it. I, you needed I, yeah. to get it off your chest, I think. Mm. Thank you for the therapy session. You're welcome. Oh, um, that was really helpful for me. We're now so. offering that service to some to authors as well. So. <laughs> if you want to come on, share your, share your moments. We're here for it. 
<laughs> so we are going to put all the links in the episode description as always and we very much look forward well i very much look forward to book three beck will be looking forward to book three after I'm she smashes out book two three. i don't even know what happens in two but i'm like she's gonna be like so smashing that out. i can't wait to see what she says <laughs> um but yes we will definitely be chatting again with you soon i'm i'm certain because i cannot wait to see as well your other series that's coming up too thank you so much I'm excited (laughs) thank you thanks for listening everybody